Bring the ship up to broadcast depth. We're going in. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of the Rabbit Hole Podcast. I'm your host, Oddman, and with me as always is my lovely wife, Ollie. Hello. So, um, we wanted to kick the show off with a little uh, section of comments and feedback about the previous episode. Um, we, we got some really good feedback, and I just wanted to share it. Um, so, uh, the first one comes from Dan Ford. Uh, who's a Facebook friend of mine, and said, uh, fucking awesome job. You know your shit, well-spoken, and delivery was great. I loved it. For your first episode, I think it was solid. Those are things people constantly think about. At least I do, anyways. And the audio quality was great, too. Um, Dan actually reached out to me a few weeks after um, the first episode, and he had said, I was just in the Aldi supermarket, and I saw this woman in front of my girlfriend and I. Now I'm sitting in the car waiting and scrolling through Facebook and the suggested friends section popped up with her on it, the person that they were in front of. And he said, my phone was in my pocket the whole time. Do you think it's possible phones can communicate with each other or am I just a paranoid human and this is pure coincidence? Now, what I had said to Dan was, you know, I'd asked, do you have an iPhone or an Android? And he said, um... I believe he said he has an Android. Okay. Um, and I had said, well, I know Android has something similar to AirDrop that iPhone has. Yeah. And that's the only thing that I could think I of. I forget is what that, it is that, because I'm not like... I moved over from iPhone recently to Android. I'm not familiar with everything yet. Right. But like, I never even used AirDrop and I had all those features turned off. Yeah. Um, but... Absolutely, they could talk to each other. Also, if you have your location turned on, um, if it shows you in a proximity to yeah. someone else with their also location on, it's very possible for that to happen. Well, and I saw it happen myself as well because um, at work, uh, you know, I'm, I'm on a different unit than I normally am on. And I noticed one of the people that I uh, work with on that unit popped up in my suggested friends. Now, could that be because you also tag yourself at work? It could, could be. Could that be because they also do that? It could be. It also could be because I have friends that are friends yeah. with her. Some of those things aren't like malicious. They're just like, no, you know, but Google it is turned on with location. I mean, yeah, it's absolutely weird that they know who you're around at all times. Yeah. But I don't see that as completely horrible. You it, never know. You can make new friends that way. <laughs> Meet Google strangers. told me to like you. <laughs> Google said you wanted to be my friend. Google Jesus said you're the one I need. You won't be my friend. Oh, God. Okay, we took a wrong turn. <laughs> you won't come back. over. We can uh, swap manly stories. Reverse. <laughs> and in the morning. Reverse. I'm making pancakes. Damn it, donkey. <laughs> Waffles. Uh, 
Another comment comes to us from a guy named Jamil Edwards. Uh, he said that it was a really, it was really good. They seem well researched and knowledgeable. Thank you for that. Uh, we do try. We, um, we try not to sound like we're talking research. out of our ass. Yeah. I love to research. I can spend hours in front of a computer, literally just researching a singular topic. That's about the time I get the question: Are you ever getting off that computer? Nope. Nope. I went down a rabbit hole. Well, that was me yesterday getting prepared oh, for this. Oh, God, it was. I didn't see you all day. Yeah. Well, I was getting everything together to, to do this series that we're starting, which I'll explain in a minute. Uh, we got one more comment. Uh, this one comes to us by Alex Olson. Um, <laughs> Alex was listening to the first episode, and she said, I am Ollie at 3620. You're like, she timestamped it, like... This girl. And basically, at uh, 36 minutes and 20 seconds in the first episode, Ali had said that, you know, her generation knows all these horrors, but kind of ignores them to save their own sanity. Which we don't have much of to begin with. Let's say that, like, my generation and, like, the tail end of your generation, like, where those meet, Mm -hmm. we're riddled with horrible mental things, and I can see why we do that. Right. And well, Alex is, you know, your generation. Yeah. So, Alex um, is just a baby or younger than me. Me, on the other hand, uh, as scary as it may seem, I would prefer to know the dangers and the horrors and pay attention to them. That way, if they do become a serious problem, you know, at least we saw it coming. I don't know. Anyways, so <clears throat> this is episode one of what is going to be a multi part series. Uh, we are going to be talking about the Mandela effect. Uh, Mandela, sorry. I always mispronounce it as Mandela because it sounds better to me than Mandela. I don't know why. Some type of aesthetic is better to you. It always is with different words. But anyway, so um, we're going to go ahead and jump in. The first thing I want to let you guys know, or at least to, to dive into, for those of you that have been living under a rock and didn't pay attention to history... Oh. Or whatever it is. Let's start this off with insulting everyone. Yeah. If you don't know who Nelson Mandela is. I don't know how you... Okay. Right. Nelson Mandela was a South African anti-apartheid revolutionary. The political leader and a philanthropist. Philanthropist. I'm going to leave that flub in. I don't care. Are you serious? Who served as the president of South Africa from 1994 to 1999. Uh, he was the country's first black head of state and the first elected in a fully representative dem- democratic election. His government focused on dismantling the legacy of apartheid by tackling institutionalized racism and fostering racial reconciliation. Ideologically, an African nationalist and socialist. Okay. He served as president for the African nation or African National Congress, uh, from 91 to 97. Now, why this man is important is because this was the first recorded instance of things not adding up. And he was the whole reason that this conspiracy theory started to bloom. Not so much for his involvement with it no it was just the first recognizable thing that happened now throughout this i know you and i have talked about this like in depth like at each 
thing that has happened. Mm -hmm. Like, we will say which one we remember. And a lot of them are the same, but we've got a few key differences. Yeah. Well, and consider this first episode... Uh, Just kind of brief overview. Yeah, we're going to be touching on several different things throughout the course of this episode, and then through the rest of the this series, we'll be expounding upon the things that we touch upon and adding new stuff in yeah. along the way. So that's who Nelson Mandela was. He was a very important figure. I learned about him in history class. You know, pretty much my entire school career. Um, they, they, they talked about he what he was doing. He much, but I believe that's a location thing. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you, you went was... to school in Kentucky, and I went to school near Detroit, so. Yeah, and we didn't, like, I'm, his name was brought up once or twice. It's not like I never heard of him. It was just very brief touching of the subject. Yeah, down in Kentucky, there's a black man doing good things. Let's ignore it. Where I grew up, on the other hand, there's a black man doing great things. We should pay attention to this. Yeah, that's... And yeah. if you live down south, I don't mean any disrespect. You know, I know in the larger cities and the more, you know, populated areas where, you know, African Americans are more prevalent, it's not where the case. Where I grew up... Okay, so I spent... I did go to a boarding school where there was a lot of diversity. But I did that later in, like, my school career. Like, that was my high school years. So, I was never, like, racist or anything. But where I grew up, there was no black people at all. Not, no diversity at all. It was only white people for the majority of my life. Well, and hell, even when we li moved back there for a little bit and lived there, there weren't any black people unless no. you counted the mixed kids. Yeah. That yeah. was it. Which you had to go two counties over to meet the black guy that you had to mix kids with. Right. Yeah. Like, it was that far out. Dude, it was total culture shock for me when we moved down there. Imagine, like, me. Like, of course, like, I had the boarding school where I was literally people from Nigeria, Liberia. Like, I had people from all over. China, Russia. Like, I had every culture. But moving from, like, that situation, I went to a college where it wasn't that diverse again. And then I went to the area you were in in Detroit. Like, yeah, whereas was, I grew up in the ghetto. Right. Like, things like that. Like, I wasn't taught a lot of this. I had to self-teach a lot of things that I was interested in, and civil rights are one of them. Well, and so. what was funny, too, is, like, because at work I come in contact with a bunch of different people. Yeah. And there was this one person that I came in contact who was like, I don't trust blue-eyed, you know, I don't trust Caucasians. And I was like, shit, I don't trust them motherfuckers either. Literally blue-eyed, blonde hair Caucasians is what he said. Yeah, and I was like, shit, I don't trust them motherfuckers either. And You have a right to. We, well, got, we got talking, and he asked where I grew up, and I said, well, I grew up outside of Detroit. And he went, shit. He was like, well, that explains it. And I was like, what? And he's like, well, you look like him, but you don't talk like him. Yeah. Like, well, you know, I got a little soul in me. But, uh... uh funny for a person that has no soul. Yeah. <laughs> I am only a ginger, not a full-blown ginger. I still have a soul. I wasn't even putting it to the color of your hair. <laughs> your non-existent hair. Shh. <laughs> I got clear hair, damn it. <laughs> I got that good clear hair. Okay. <laughs> I'll remember that next time I have to shave your head. Right. But, um, no, so, like, 
we learned about Nelson Mandela. We learn about apartheid. You know, I'm not entirely sure down in rural Kentucky they, they even could spell apartheid. <laughs> but it's not something that they would have talked about because... I didn't even know what that was until I was well into college. Right. Like, and that's something like... And it's not my own ignorance. Like, I literally did have to teach myself a lot of things. Like, a lot of things. Because well, it's just not taught. And apartheid is all about discrimination. And, it of is. course, they're not going to teach about discrimination. They're just going to do it. Damn it. <laughs> you can't see us. But right now, she's got her head in her hands because there are times where I say things that are, are painfully true. <laughs> it is, and it's not like... Like, your boarding school, there was discrimination, but it was, like, more religious discrimination it more was. than anything there else. There was no discrimination, like, amongst, like, color. None. None whatsoever. Teachers, faculty... Um, people that ran the dorms, there was no discrimination whatsoever as color. There was gender discrimination. Boys were allowed to freely roam the campus. Girls were permitted to a 20 by 40 foot yard where we were constantly supervised and the dorms. That was it. We were not to be around the boys. We couldn't do a lot of things with the boys. Like Well, because the religion that they were based in said girls were evil. It's pretty much how it was. Um, one of the things that we were literally taught, if this will teach you anything about the simplicity of it, we were told if we were to step foot on the boys' side of the yard, that sperm would shoot under the ground and we would get pregnant. It, just think about that for a second. And it was told. What kind of fucking horror movie scenario are you trying to put into young girls' minds? Like, if you step on the boys' side, semen is just going to flow at you. Gross and terrifying. Some of the boys there that were kicked out. I can believe it. it like, was... there's just deep underground fissures of cum that just expel. Please out. don't use the words fissures and cum in the same. No. 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 But, I, I, yeah, so, I mean, that gives you an example of how restrictive things were. And, yeah. You know, like I said, we. Up north, uh, outside of Detroit, where I grew up, um, we learned about apartheid. We learned about Nelson Mandela. Mm -hmm. We learned about a lot of, of black cultural leaders that I'm sure down south were like, who? What? Yeah. Another thing I had to teach myself, especially moving like from rural Kentucky, where I was my entire life, into... The Detroit area, like, I definitely, it was double culture shock. It was a lot of anxiety for me. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, like, because there was a lot of things I just didn't know. Well, and it was weird for me, too, because, like, when we moved down there and I, I was working at that one place, you know, it was corporate setup and, mm -hmm. you know, paid holidays and whatnot, MLK Day was treated as a joke. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and a lot and, of them, like, they don't do it viciously. A lot of them, like, you've had people down there that weren't, like, racist or anything. They just didn't know. It was a lot of ignorance on some of them. Yeah, but ignorance is almost worse. You were never taught. Like, how can you have an opinion on something you really aren't never taught? That's the problem I see with a lot of it. Like, I didn't see them as, like, 
some of them definitely were out of their way racist. Mm-hmm. And we steered very clear of those people. Yeah, if you but, uttered the N-word, I was gone. Yeah. Yeah. One of my family members. Yeah. And we just kind of... Mm, mm. He had a lot of ignorance in him. <laughs> a lot. There's a lot of stuff about him, but... Well, and the worst part is, too, is like me being down there and being very mm. outspoken and whatnot. I had to bite my tongue a lot. I had to bite my tongue on religion because... I am agnostic and my family is heavily religious. Yeah, they they are hit with Jesus and friends. Yeah, definitely. Me on the other hand, like uh, we're talking, my family is very much so elders of the church, church leaders, very much so in the church. Whereas I don't necessarily believe in imaginary friends, but I think it's okay that you do. So see, I think it's funny considering I literally left all of that. To find my own brain and ended up yeah. which <laughs> Which, you know, makes sense, really, because if you live in a system of oppression for so long, it doesn't matter what kind of oppression it is, but if you live in a system of oppression for so long, you're going to want to break free. You're, and when you do, you're going to start looking for answers in other places. I literally left the religious area, discovered that I'm pansexual and I'm a witch. Mm-hmm. And both things, my family are like, ugh. Like, my mom is still very much so we don't talk about it because it's a weird issue with her. Which, that's her thing, not mine. Yeah. You know, not ours, I should say. It's just another one of those things I'm not taught. Well, and the thing is, like too, Mandela. is like... You met me, who mm-hmm. is very open, very free, very liberal in a lot of the things that I think. I have it's my conservative It's the first time I really beliefs. felt comfortable to kind of, like, find my own things. And you were very good about that when we first got together, because you knew I was very... Restricted? Very. Like, even after I left, the relationship that I was in was very restrictive. Mm-hmm. Like, I could not do a lot of things. And he was very good about once we were in a relationship, you let me kind of discover my own brain. You mm-hmm. let me do kind of whatever I wanted to try to figure out anything in my head. Yeah, because with my wife, I operate the same way. I don't care what you believe in. Just don't force me to believe in it if I don't. And, with, and I never have. With what she believes with the, the, the witchcraft and stuff so like that. spells and stuff like that. Like, no. Let's no go dark with it. It's I'm... I'm very open. I, I am one of the first to admit that I don't know, and that's okay. Um, I believe anything is possible. It's just some things aren't probable. Mm-hmm. And that's a very important distinction to make, especially when you're talking about conspiracy theories and things yes. like that. Is like anything is possible. We don't know 100% that it is or it isn't a thing. But as long as you remain open and believe that anything is possible and also keep that firm foot in reality that some things just aren't probable, you should be okay. And I honestly think the rest of society needs to get on board with that. I think a lot of our problems could be solved just with that simple mindset change. But that's something for another time. That's something we should delve into is our beliefs in one episode. Yeah. Uh, maybe like a wild hair. Yeah. We'll be able to... Uh, Personal beliefs yeah. versus world beliefs. For those of you that don't know, wild hairs are our show within a show where we kind of talk about the same things that we talk about in the main show, but Not we kind of really. run off on tangents. Kind of like this. 
Yeah. We kind of went off on a tangent, but that's just us. We get talking and we can't stop. Yeah. And it fits the narrative that we're doing right now. So, yeah. um, so the Mandela, uh, the Mandela effect is a pseudoscientific belief that some differences between one's memories and the real world are caused by changes to past events in the timeline. Mm -hmm. Many Mandela Effect believers uh, believe it's caused by an accidental travel between alternate universes, although some others propose that history has been deliberately altered after the fact by malicious extra-dimensional beings within the same timeline or by experiments at CERN. And we'll get into CERN a little bit later in this series. If there was anything along that line that makes more sense, it would be CERN. Yeah. Um, it was named after Nelson Mandela, who some people erroneously believe died in prison in the 80s. Uh, let's see. Uh, do, 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 may, another common false memory is thinking that the title of the children's book series, The Berenstain Bears, is actually Berenstein Bears. Um, and that one, we're going to talk about some of that stuff too later in the series too, because I have my own personal beliefs about products and things like that. That one's one of them though, that there isn't a lot of proof one way or the other. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you know, like we've seen two things and we've done months worth of research on that particular Berenstain, Berenstein title. We've only found two pieces that were ever printed with one over the other. Mm -hmm. And that was something that you and I were both like, okay, it's, it's a title. They can misprint things. It was very rare. There was two things. But see, that that kind of leads to the, it was a misprint, you know? It, okay. They screwed up once or twice and people caught it and made sure that they quality control came into play. It was just very weird to look into that. And like, I think... Was it one VHS and like... And a listing in a TV guide. Yeah. Like it was that rare. And I mean that can kind of fall into that whole like rebrand thing. But at the same time, that one's kind of weird to me. Right. And like like I said, we will definitely dive into that in uh, Each individual later into the series. Effect, it's going to be yeah. so much fun to go into. Because it's just talking a bunch of nonsense about it. It's so much fun. What's what's frustrating is that the Mandela effect has not been explored by mainstream peer-reviewed publications, mm -hmm. and the claim that some false memories are caused by parallel dimensions going berserk is, well, a little difficult to falsify. It is. You know, very much so. In preparing for this specific episode or this specific series, I started looking into documentaries and stuff because I wanted, I knew a good deal about it like it's been one of the ones that have has caught my attention and i we kinda... watched so many things there but, are so many bad youtube channels y'all but the thing is is there is no actual documentaries other no. than like the youtube stuff specifically well about the mandela effect some are very well done which i find very strange because you can find documentaries about aliens and religion, you know, religion and alternate universes and things Parallel like that dimensions but nothing on mandela itself like it's always lightly touched upon when you're talking alternate dimensions and alternate realities but there's nothing that's like hey we should do something on this no it's very much so like Here's this line of things, like, and in a parallel dimension, this also, you know, correlates to the Mandela effect. And then they move fast. Like, they only say the words, and then they just move on. Um, 
and and again, as I said, we will definitely dive into a lot of them. Uh, consider episode one as an, a brief overview of what the Mandela effect is. Um, they talk about false memories, and false memories is a, a, a big part of it, um, or at least what they consider false memories. Uh, a false memory is a psychological phenomenon where a person recalls something that did not happen or that something that happened differently from the way it happened. So basically, you remember something different. Like, um, a simple example of it is your sixth birthday, you got a red tricycle. But for some reason in your mind, when someone asks you, you know, what color was the tricycle, it's blue. You know, it's... it's and you remember it, like... It's not like, oh, it's a falsified, that's just a childhood memory that I misremember. It's like, you remember that blue because, like, you got streamers to match it because you remember specifically they matched the tricycle. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard evidence in your head that you actually know. It's not like, oh, I'm misremembering the color. It'd be like someone remembering that they had a blue Radio Flyer wagon when Radio Flyer never made a blue wagon. Right. But you, again, specifically remember, because maybe you got a blanket to put in that wagon that you remember, because it matched, like, it had blue stars on it to match the blue wagon. Right. This phenomenon was initially investigated by psychological pioneers Pierre Jeannette, Sigmund Freud, and Elizabeth Loftus. Uh, This also kind of ties back into that story that I found that I was telling you about constantly. Which it will be... What is that? Part part in there, because I did read through it yesterday. It's Um, a little crazy, isn't it? Actually, Elizabeth Loftus has, has, since her debuting research project in 74, been the lead researcher in memory recovery and false memories. Uh, suggestibility, activation associated information, the incorporation of misinformation, and source misattribution have been suggested to be several mechanisms uh, underlying a variety of types of false memory phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest ones that, that ties into the false memory phenomena and uh, the Mandela effect is the movie Shazam. Yeah. And I'm not talking about the newest one that just came out. I'm talking about that one that everybody seems to remember existing. That never existed. Which is the Sinbad vehicle. You remember back in the 90s, Sinbad was the the, Everywhere. the, the big, you know, family-friendly actor. You know, uh, first kid. Um, God, what were some of the other ones that he was in? I can't think of right now. But everyone remembers a movie called Shazam, starring Sinbad as a wisecracking genie. But what really existed was Kazam, which was a Shaq vehicle starring Shaquille O'Neal as a wisecracking genie. And it was a terrible movie, by the way. Shaq cannot act. No. Like, no, no, no. <laughs> that big tree bastard can't it's act. He can't play basketball. <laughs> it's three steps down from his Gold Bond commercials. Actually, the Gold Bond commercials are better shot and better acted, in my opinion. I literally just said they were three steps down. That movie was three steps down from a Gold Bond commercial. But, so, Shazam supposedly never existed, even though a lot of us remember the movie. Some people have even, like, recreated the art of the cover 
And I remember it perfectly. Well, and then College Humor didn't help the case any because they got with Sinbad and shot made. a fake scene yeah. from the movie as an April Fool's joke. So it's it's made even worse. And they even made it look like an old VHS and everything like that. So, like, this one specifically is, is really difficult to, to prove or disprove. But I don't even watch College Humor, and I remember that movie. Uh-huh. That's one of the things, like, I remember, like, I don't watch those, I don't watch College Humor, I didn't look at the box art type of things like but i know for sure i saw that movie Mm -hmm. the only thing i can think of is that there are scenes within the supposed shazam movie that match up with other sinbad movies and then the kazam movie and everybody's minds are just kind of like meshing it together together. you know that's not to say maybe we did exist in a reality at one point where the movie shazam existed That brings us to the next thing that we want to discuss. Alternate realities, parallel universes, alternate universes. For those of you that are comic book fans, this is old hat to you. (laughs) (laughs) You understand all too well that uh, Crisis on Infinite Earths introduced the world to the idea of parallel universes and alternate realities. A parallel universe, also known as an alternate universe or alternate reality, is a hypothetical self-contained reality consisting coexisting with one's own. Let's be honest, the simple explanation of this is how many times have we been rebooted like the Marvel universe hmm. or the Matrix or DC, uh, let's be honest, that one's gone a little far. A specific group of parallel universes are called a multiverse, although the term can also be used to describe the possible parallel universes that constitute reality. While the three terms are generally synonymous and can be used interchangeably in most cases, there is sometimes an additional connotation implied with the term alternate universe slash reality that implies that the reality is a variant of our own, with some overlap with the similarly named alternate history. The term parallel universe is more general without implying a relationship or a lack of relationship with our own universe, a universe where the laws of nature are different. For example, in one, one, there could be no laws of motion, uh, wherein general account as parallel universe, but not an alternate reality and a concept between both fantasy world and earth. Okay. I think that's a little difficult. Um... So, uh, let's break it down. A dog could walk on its hind legs permanently. Uh, Humans could have no fingernails. Or, uh, in this reality, you were born blonde hair, blue eyes, and in an alternate reality, you were born red hair, green eyes. Okay. Now, it goes farther than that. Yeah, but, I mean, it's... Okay, so, in this universe, I have brown hair, brown eyes. The next universe... This week, you have brown hair, brown eyes. Okay. You know what? (laughs) Enough. No. Like... It, each individual variant is a different parallel. So, I have green eyes in the next universe. Mm-hmm. The next one over, I have green eyes, but I also have red hair. The next one over from that, I still have the red hair, but or I have blue eyes. eyes. Or, yeah. I, it just keeps going. Well, it's and every variant. Another way to explain it, too, is think of it as every choice you make there is an alternate it's reality that, that is created where you Did made the you opposite choice. you have coffee choice. this morning or tea? In this universe, you had coffee. In the other one, you had tea. And, and each one of those is different. And 
there are some that believe there are consequences based on those choices that change. So say you have coffee in this universe and you get to work on time, no problems, have a great day at work. You have tea in the other one. And you're late because there's a car accident and you get fired. You know, it, it's... It's very, like, it doesn't even have to be that drastic. Like, you get a strike on your record. Like, every little thing. Like, yeah, every choice we make. Itty bitty things. There are some that believe create an alternate reality based on that choice. Did like, you make spaghetti or did you go out? If you made spaghetti, you had yeah. a good night. If you went out, somehow your family got food poisoning. And, like, it's little things. Like, or every decision. In a more simpler, easily digestible idea, say you flip a coin and it lands on heads. In the alternate reality, you flip that same coin and it lands on tails. Okay. Now, thing is, is every decision made in this universe and that other one, so where you had coffee and then you had tea, each one of those, every decision you make is another tree split. Yes, it creates an alternate timeline. Think uh, Back to the Future. I think it was Back to the Future 2 where they started to explain it, where Marty went back and changed things and it... He didn't jump back to the, the, the same universe that he no. was originally in. Because he had changed things, there was an alternate branch created that ran parallel to the original timeline. But it's so much... It's like a tree branch. Like, because you had coffee in this universe. Now, for lunch, did you have a salad or a sandwich? That decision, whether you went the short way or the long way to work, it's every split decision is a different universe. And in those universes... Those decisions also make an alternate timeline to an alternate timeline to an alternate time. Like, it's all branched down. It's so in-depth. Mm-hmm. Well, think about it, too. Like, um, so there, there are those that believe in time travel, which I am one of. And we will talk about that later in the series uh, more in-depth. But You were left here. I kind of sometimes think I was. Um, but, like, everybody... How li- bad of a child were you that they took you into an alternate universe timeline? And they were like, we need to lose this one in time. Maybe necessarily I wasn't that bad of a child. Maybe I was supposed to do great things that they didn't want done. So they brought me here. Yeah, well, you know. (laughs) I'm working with what I have. You according to plan. You flopped. I'm working with what I have in this universe, and it ain't shit, let me tell you. Um, The kids at work would say otherwise. So... When you talk time travel, the first thing everybody's like, well, let's go back and kill Hitler. You can't go back and kill Hitler because in my theories, I believe where evil exists, evil will always exist. So if you get rid of Hitler, you're just going to have someone else that fills that void. And they could be worse. Most often, they probably will be worse. So you can't go back and kill Hitler. You could go back in time and maybe, you know, help Hitler become a better artist and hope that he doesn't, you know, create the uprising. But again... How hard it would it to be to befriend a young Hitler knowing what you know. Like, mm, I don't like you. But the thing is, like I said, where evil exists, evil will always exist in my mind. So... It might not necessarily be another, like, situation where someone is against the Jews. Maybe it was someone against people who worked in a factory. Like, it did random... You know, Or, like, Native American people. Oh, wait, no, that's our timeline. What? Do you have to do something like that every episode where you just drop a random-ass bomb of absolute... Why? Or maybe there's people against Jewish people. Oh, no, wait, that's still our timeline. (laughs) I quit. 
<laughs> oh, I know. Maybe there's a reality where people are against black people. Wait, no, we're still in that timeline. I can keep going. This timeline is shit. See, what haven't you covered? <laughs> Mexicans. Nope, nope, still our timeline. <laughs> Asians. Nope, still our timeline. LGBT. Oh, no, still our timeline. Current time. Actually, wouldn't it be cool to think that, like, I I like to do these, like, little thought experiments and Welcome stuff. Welcome to my, my world. I get to hear this all the time. But imagine a world in which uh, LGBT is the norm and being heterosexual is what's outlawed. <laughs> my, oh, wait. In my friend's group. The Christians still think that that's this timeline. Let me just drink my tea real quick. Ah, it's good tea. <laughs> but no, like, that's... My almost 40-year-old husband used the word tea unironically. I would like to leave now. <laughs> you have found my Twitter and YouTube world. Leave. You, I let you watch way too much of Jeffree Star and Shane Dawson. Yeah. I no, I, I meant literal tea, not the, the tea that they use. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, so, I mean, that's basically the overview of the alternate universe and, and alternate timelines and stuff like that is, you know, it... It's an easy thing to hear. It's not very easy to grasp when you sit down and think of it because you're looking like a stoned cat on the side of the road going, Oh, my God. What did I learn? And I, I urge any of you that if you don't have a good foundation of knowledge in any of the stuff that we've talked about, please go research it. Go look. Honestly, for the multiverse thing, the only thing you need to do is go watch the Family Guy episode of the Into the Multiverse. They do a really good job of explaining it by not explaining it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they do not explain it. They just throw you in. Yeah, like, here you go. Blah, you Welcome deal with to this. the world where dogs rule the world and humans are animals. Or oh, the, wait. Or the one where, where Meg was super hot, but she was still the ugliest one there. Oh, my God. She's like a size two waist and, like, size F boobs. And they were like, she's still ugly here. What? <laughs> Um, but like, I, I dig the whole alternate realities thing. I, I dig the whole parallel universe and, you know, concepts and whatnot, because, you know, there's so much we don't understand. You just wish to live there. I do. Imagine if you could, uh, universe hop or reality hop, which is something that I have a theory on that I will discuss later. go very wrong. Um, but like. The other you go. I don't know. That's the thing. Like, what happens to the other if you? If you hop into a universe where you already exists, where does that you go? Does it go to your timeline? Or maybe another one. And can you accidentally trade places with your alternate you? I think you can. Would that technically be that story I told you? Yeah. Okay. Because, like, you looked at... Oh, my God. That was the funniest thing, too. I just mentioned that story. And you, your face was like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? And the more I told you, you were like, she what? Watching your face twist in confusion before I sent you the link was the funniest thing I have ever seen. I've never seen you so confused. Now, um... She didn't put on the right bed sheets. What? Now, science fiction has played a lot with the alternate reality, alternate universe, parallel universes. Um, 
there is actually a story, and this is from like 1884. It was uh, written by an author named Edwin A. Abbott, and I actually own this book, or I did at one point, and it got lost in the move, but I owned own or owned this book. It's called Flatland, A Romance of Many Dimensions. It describes a world of two dimensions inhabited by living squares, triangles, and circles called Flatland, as well as Pointland, which has zero dimensions, and Lineland, which has one dimensions, al along with Spaceland, which is three dimensions, and finally posits the possibility of even greater dimensions. Isaac Asimov, in his foreword to the Signet Classics 84 edition, described Flatland as the best introduction one can find into the manner of perceiving many dimensions. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Flatland was even talked about in uh, Seth MacFarlane's uh, Orville. Yes. Um, it was a book that he was reading. Mm -hmm. And uh, it pertained to the episode, and I forget how it pertained to the episode, but... Uh, I have a moment of respect for that man and everything that he's done. Right. Oh. Um, it was also used uh, additional dimensions in uh, The Time Machine by H.G. Wells. Yes. Uh, the additional dimension in the series, uh, taking the four-dimensional model of classic physics and interpreting time and space like a dimension in which humans could travel with the right equipment. Wells also used the concept of parallel universes as a consequence of the time as the fourth dimension in stories like The Wonderful Visit and Men Like Gods, an idea proposed by the astronomer Simon Newcomb, who talked about both time and parallel universes. Add a fourth dimension to space, and there is room for an infinite number of universes alongside of each other, as there is for an indefinite number of sheets of paper when we pile them upon each other. I, I just, I, I... And then for a more classic sense, Doctor Who. Doctor yeah. Who travels through space and time and he... In a freaking... <laughs> in a, a, a phone booth. A um, broken time machine that looks like a phone booth. But uh, it was also talked about in... You know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, uh, Mostly Harmless, uses the idea of probability as an extra axis in addition to the classical fourth dimension of space and time, similar to the many worlds interpretation of quantum physics. Although, according to the novel, there were mo more uh, model to capture the continuity of space and time and probability. Um, in Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Zaphod Beeblebrox ends up uh, stealing a spaceship um, that has a brand new probability drive in which when they hit it you exist in every dimension and, and every space time at the exact same time and they use it to travel to traverse great distances that sounds exhausting it was it actually had an adverse effect on the occupants within the spaceship because they changed you know so say there's a universe where dog people exist say there's a universe where couches are the sentient being you know they existed as these things all at once so they shifted multiple times until they got to their destination which left them feeling very sick very 
lost, very I'd confused. I'd be afraid of what our couch would have to say. <laughs> uh, it's seen something. Robert Heinlein in The Number of the Beast postulated a six-dimensional universe uh, in addition to three separate or three spatial dimensions. Uh, he invoked symmetry to add two new temporal dimensions, so there would be two sets of three, like the fourth dimension of H.G. Wells's Time Traveler. Uh, these extra dimensions can be traveled by persons using the right equipment, i.e. time machines, DeLoreans, phone booths, whatever. Uh, and <clears throat> speaking of phone booths, uh, my favorite will always be Bill and Ted. Um, just because. I do not enjoy those. I do. Um, I do not like them. Of course, the Back to the Future mm-hmm. series as well. I, I just bought myself a, a toy DeLorean. <laughs> He really did. He re- we drove to get a toy DeLorean. Um, there are some that believe that time travel has been used to create alternate history. The, no, that one I believe, but I believe it's more aligned with the CERN belief. Yeah. Well, I believe when it comes to the Mandela effect, um, little changes are what's made so nobody really notices and they the few that do notice even though that there's a, a a large percentage of few that notice um are seen as crazy or delusional <clears throat> like certain little things and again those are things we'll be talking about later on further into the the series but it's entirely possible um just not probable uh i there's those that believe that there are time traveling uh, uh, political types. Um, if you look up, uh, what was his name? Andrew uh, Biagio, uh, which is the time traveling presidential candidate. That- I remember him. I don't remember his name, but his name was not enough to make him like make him memorable in my head. Yeah. His beliefs were. Well, um, and what he says is that... I think dude's a little crazy. Well, I, I think he's the one that's a little... I mean, if you do travel to th- through time and dimension, you would have to imagine that I your... I don't think he did. Your I think... mindset and consciousness would be a little damaged. Okay, I think the only time travel he did is he sat on his couch one night, zoned out, and didn't wake up for two weeks. It's possible. That's his time mm. travel. He missed two weeks, and he thinks he's from the future. But there are a lot of things that he mentions um, that I'll agree, there's a lot of Let's be honest. Going through a history evidence. book and learning about our current political stance, you could make those same leaps that he did. Except when you start talking about things like Project Pegasus and what it was involved with, and then you start having uh, people that were in the military. The other guy did the same thing. What's his name? Um, uh, uh, he was on Early Days of the Internet. Oh, we've uh, talked about him yeah. multiple times together. God, I can't think of his name right I now. I want to say John something. Uh, yeah, hold on. Time for Google. But anyways, so he, uh, the the time traveling presidential. Can I stop you because you were on Google to no. begin with? The time <laughs> time traveling presidential candidate um, swears that uh, um, Project Pegasus is involved in sending people back. Um, people that are destined to be important figures in our political arena. Didn't Futurama do this? Uh, yes. Um, Type the word John. Uh, I'm trying to find it. Type the name John. John Titter. John Titter. Titter. Yeah. Thank you. Um, but no, that the, so they send back people who are going to be important in our political future 
to experience things in the past for whatever reason. Um, Project Pegasus is another thing that we do intend to cover later on. Uh, Jesus Christ. It's more a- so when we, we dive into the series on time travel. Um, but he claimed that... This um, one episode in this series, and we've come up with about 17 more episodes... It never ends in this house. Well, it's all intertwined. But uh, unfortunately, the time traveling presidential candidate claims that Barack Obama was part of Project Pegasus and that even uh, Donald Trump may have been part of Project Pegasus. What they do is they take children uh, and send them back because supposedly the time tube is narrow and children fit in it best. Yeah. Which, I and two, like, if a kid was like, dude, I traveled back in time, you'd be like, all right, Sonny, you run along and play on the jungle gym, you know? So it makes sense If you believe him, then you're the crazy one. Right. It makes sense to me that they'd use children because if, and if a child were to say such a thing, people would just automatically dismiss it. So... I wonder about the delivery of that, though. If you send them back through, like, a time tube, as they were saying in Pegasus... So you put him in this tube in your universe. Where does he pop out on the other side? Does he get dropped on the street? If pop. you send a baby back, does he drop from the sky and splatter on the ground? Like the- I would imagine they show up in the same geographical location as to wherever the time tube was in this reality. They're sent back with supplies. They're sent back with a way to emer- emergency open and come back should something go wrong. But I would believe how does that a four to five year old know how to survive? They would have to find a family. Well, I think it's more like seven to ten year olds that still, they still they would have to find a family. And maybe, maybe not, depending on the training that the kids are given. Look, you know, we like to think the children are these fragile little things, but if you look not too far back in our history, there were freaking ten year olds working in factories and mines. They still are. Well, yeah, but not they, here. Yeah, uh, <laughs> currently. Just make sure you check your Nikes for tiny fingers. But you would imagine that a child could be trained to survive. They weren't sent back for days on end. They were only sent back for short periods of time. So a child of 7 to 10 could probably survive for 45 minutes to an hour. You know, to kind of figure out, to see if it even worked. To see certain but things. But are they sent back permanently to make a time? Mm-mm. No, they were not. Just small amounts of time. Short amounts of time. Well, think about it. If you're being sent back on a mission, you're going to be sent back probably just before you're supposed to do what you're supposed to do. Then you do it, and then you get the hell out. It, it, think of it like spies and espionage. You know, I, I just, We can't think of it as spies and espionage. Because spies were embedded... For years. Years upon years upon years. But imagine if they had time travel or things like that. They wouldn't have to be. They wouldn't have to be embedded forever. They could just pop in, pop out, and be done. It would mean that it was less time that they'd have to be away from their families, things like that. Their families were taken with them. But the point is, is you know, Project Pegasus, uh, po- you know, and those that believe in it postulate that you know, time travel does exist, um, that it was used to to jump back and forth um, between timelines and and history, and itself to affect some sort of change. Um, they've never really been uh, good and hard and firm on what that change is. It's just 
change. Now, it could be as simple as going back to find out what really happened uh, when JFK got shot. You know, no, the Republicans went back and put the weed in Obama's daughter's hand just so they could get the picture. <laughs> if that was the case, they'd have gone back in time and prevented Obama from becoming president. Maybe they couldn't. Maybe that was too far. That is true. There, there, there is something <laughs> to be said for the to- uh, Doctor Who uh, theory that, was too that far. fixed points in time. Yes. There are certain things in the Doctor Who lore that he first, cannot affect. And he, the first black president would have been a major yeah, thing. That he can't change. Um, uh, this was illustrated, it was a meme that was shared on Facebook, uh, superhero texts, where um, superheroes were talking about this doctor in this blue box that showed up. And um, they, they had said, you know, uh, it was talking to Superman. And I don't remember the exact thing. I'll, I'll see if I can try and track it down again. But... Uh, it was asking, well, why didn't you stop my planet from exploding? And why didn't you save my parents? And he popped in and said, I couldn't. It's a fixed point in time. It had to happen. Mm-hmm. So in the first black president would have been a major thing, too. Like, it would have been a fixed point in time. At least same, for our reality. The same as Hitler would have been a fixed like point that. in time. Anything major is usually considered a fixed point in time that cannot be affected. Uh, Y2K. I'm sorry. I love that. People were crazy enough to think the calendars would stop working and things would crash. Well, I mean... And I was alive then. I remember the Y2K bullshit. I will give the Y2K bullshit this. There was a shred of credibility in it because it could have gone horribly wrong. Barely. Barely. Let's be honest. It was a... When you think... chance. When you think that computers think in binary code, when you change that... When you go to just straight zeros. It's a number counter. It is, but again... The first thing changed to a two. It the was shred, fine. And that's the other thing, too, is there's no two in binary. It's ones and zeros. It's a calendar. It's a calendar. Again, though, there, there was a shred <sighs> no. of credibility in yeah. the worry, but it was blown up into so a bigger thing stupid. than it needed to be. It was just a reprogramming thing. It was not that big of a deal. But you also got to remember that a lot of the systems and stuff that they were genuinely worried about, like the electricity grid, airplanes, things like that, those systems hadn't really been upgraded since the 70s. Okay. And in the 70s, nobody was thinking about the year 2000. Okay, here's the thing. If you figured about that and you were that freaking worried how about don't be lazy and update the grid well see there's the problem is nobody thought about it until somebody was like so um, oh my god we're gonna have another y2k soon and it's gonna be about the 5g grid <coughs> i'm just not here for it <laughs> could you can imagine, i live in a cave can you imagine the 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 one tech nerd that was like so i noticed something it's 1999 we might have a problem when the year 2000 rolls around and everybody's like, holy shit, we didn't think of this. What the hell are we going to do? That Panic. was when everybody figured out that programmers were the future. Yeah. That was when reality was laid in a computer tech's hands. And for once, he was like, I'll teach you to give me wedgies in elementary school. I will I end will your plans. the day. <laughs> This kid was bullied throughout school, and for once he was like, I see why you've come to me. I got a Texas Instrument calculator and an abacus. I'm going to save the world. My God, that child. (laughs) 
while I was too busy playing Snake on my calculator. It's <laughs> probably oh, my failed the days algebra. of a Nokia phone where you could play Snake. Snake. I loved my Nokia. And then there are those... It's probably still got some batteries somewhere in a box. <laughs> it's a, it lives on without you. <laughs> it um, has its own life. I set it free to the universe. It's mated with my old Razor phone. Unlike the Tamagotchi <laughs> that you stuck in a drawer somewhere. <laughs> that poor thing has died. I never figured out how to feed that thing. Why did nobody else have it? Like, I never figured out how to feed or play with it. Like, I would just push buttons and it wouldn't do anything. It was a little like I don't even know what the damn thing looked like now, but the it was thing an egg. Like, mine was not. Yeah, my Tamagotchi because I had one. I'm not ashamed to admit it. I, I jumped on the fad. I was a kid. Leave me alone. Um, it was shaped like an egg. Ooh, and shame! It had Somebody a little, ring the bell. A little shame! LCD screen. No, I don't have any editor other than myself, and I'm I'm not. We've been that watching on. Mini Lad, and he just rings the bell and he makes his editor work. And his editor just puts in things. Yeah. But no, it was it was a little egg-shaped thing, and it had, like, I think three buttons on it. Like, you could pet it, you could feed it, and you could punish it. Mine never would. Punish the hell out of it. That explains a lot. <laughs> More than you know. But going back to talking about how sci-fi and everything kind of plays into the alternate reality and stuff like that. It's all sci-fi. Um, you have The Matrix. And The Matrix was a lot of people's first indoctrination into the idea of the simulation hypothesis 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 <laughs> or simulation theory uh it proposes that all of reality including the earth and the universe is in fact an artificial simulation most likely a computer simulation some versions rely on the development of a simulated reality a proposed technology that would seem realistic enough to convince its inhabitants that the simulation my was god real. explain it this way we're living in the sims uh the hypothesis <laughs> has been a central plot device of many science fiction stories and films now some would ask, if this were the case, how long have we been in the simulation? Who knows? Maybe we're, we were created yesterday and our memories are falsified. Yeah. Maybe we are created hundreds of years ago and we've lived slower than we think or faster than we think. Uh, the Matrix introduced the point of deja vu being a glitch in the simulation where something repeats itself for some reason. What threw a lot of people for a loop is when Elon Musk said that there's a 99% chance that we are living in a simulation. Mm -hmm. And everybody freaked out because Elon Musk, while... Eccentric. He is very smart. He is. But He's most very smart. most eccentric people usually are. But they're tossed to the wayside because people think, "Oh my God, look at that crazy person." Again, um, I I forget who said it, but there is a fine line between genius and insanity. Elon Musk walks that daily. I think he's got one foot on either side of the line, and he's just straddling that bitch along. I pictured a runner doing the high knee. Like all <laughs> along. <laughs> I pictured someone like duck walking. <laughs> See, I pictured him walking over pegs, like waddling side to side. But but the it's point the is, we could be. He for said all there's we a ninety nine point eight percent chance we're living in a simulation that he had somehow calculated it. And like, dude, uh, I'm sorry if we're living in The Sims. I play The Sims on a nearly a daily basis. Little too meta for me. I mean, how many times have your Sims walked into a room and forgot what they were doing? 
Okay. How many times have you walked into a room and forgot what you were doing? I have fibrofoam. Do you? Really bad. Maybe you just are a bad sim. Okay, then somebody please put me in a pool without a ladder and put a wall around it because I'm tired of the pain I get. A little from too the on fibro. the nose. <laughs> I mean, really. Um, but this idea was also explored in the Truman Show, um, where a giant studio was created um, to mimic a small town and that he lived within it. Now, it wasn't quite a simulation. But it still touches on that theory where everything is controlled American by... American Dad did that one. Yeah, the the vacation thing. No, but yeah. okay, thanks for fucking me up on that one. That was not what I was thinking of. Oh, no, but that, that was one of the ones no, that they had done. No, and Stan built the little models in the garage. Mm-hmm. Or in the basement. And he built this little perfect town where he could control everything. Yep. But, I mean, there is some... Thank that, you again for revealing the fact that I watch way too many cartoons. There are some that believe that the sky that you see is a giant screen. That there's nothing up there, you know. That we've never been to space. That we've, we've never left our planet. My favorite thing is the wondering if what looks blue to you is looks what you consider green to someone else. But they also call it blue. Well, colorblind people, too. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you're wearing a gray shirt. In my eyes, that could be what I call gray. In your eyes, it's called gray, but in my head, that's a blue shirt for you. Like, it could be. It's the color blue to me is what you call gray. Well, you remember that, that, that horrible idea that I had had that I know that is completely inhumane and nobody would ever you attempt it? You want to raise a child without telling them what things are and see what they actually end up calling them. Right. Like, so... This is the concept. If this ever gets out, we will never be allowed to foster like we want. This is the basic concept, and I would never do this, but it it is... Please preface this a thousand times. We would never actually do this, because we want to eventually foster children. If they ever hear this, we will never be allowed to foster. So the idea is this. You take a child, and you cut them off from the rest of civilization. You show them pictures of things... You know, you can show them a picture of a tree, you can show them a picture of a dog, a ball, a fire hydrant, what have you. But you let them come up with their own terms for things. You teach them words. Yeah. You teach them the vocabulary so they're not just like, that's a... uh." Yeah. No, you teach them words, like you teach them full vocabulary words, but you don't tell them the picture associated, which is kind of backwards to how we learn, because you show a picture that's this tree. Say tree, tree. And and the whole idea comes off of how how do you know what you see is what you really see? You're taught that a tree... If y'all are wondering exactly how crazy this household is, this right here should tell you. Because he said this to me the first time and I was like, huh, that's interesting. Wait a minute, that's child abuse. It is. And, and that's why I said it's inhumane, it would never be done. But we're taught that a tree looks like a tree, that a car looks like a car, that a dog looks like a dog, and so on and so forth. But how do we know that that's actually what they look like? And it's not just pre-programmed stuff to help us uh, maneuver the world better. So what if a a tree doesn't actually look like what we know it to to look like? What if it's it's, it's, an implanted uh, memory or an implanted thought and that way when we look at something that could vaguely How be considered bad a tree. How scars him then by saying typical phrases is what we know. What do you mean? So this is where my brain went with this and I am very sorry for it. 
if you showed them a picture of a tree, what we know is a tree, say they called it a human. Okay, what if you showed them the picture of a dog and they called it a car? But what about all those other words? And what if you said the words, the dog peed on the tree? <laughs> the idea of that after what you put forth is kind of comical. But I, I mean, that that's where it comes from. And, you know, and like I said, I know this is not humane. There's no way this study could ever be done. How, for all I know, this study has already been done and nobody ever said anything about meta, it. Meta, too meta. But, you know, how do we know what we know and and how do we know it is what we think it is let me tell you this whole concept is boring to me just because of the concept of i've heard you tell it a thousand times he just sits on the couch and spouts out random theories i want you guys to realize that like my whole life is like have you ever wondered what it would be like to live with a mad scientist that couldn't move my husband is fully mobile has none of the actual full intelligence of a mad scientist he can't actually do these things, but he has all of the ideas, and they just bubble out of his head through his mouth, and I'm just wiping down the calendars. Okay, honey. Yep. That's crazy. Yeah, I totally understand. With unlimited resources and unlimited power, I would be unstoppable. <laughs> Except for the fact that you're too lazy to go to school. Hey, yeah. To yeah. learn the actual science behind things, you're just too lazy. But that's okay. In the near future, you might actually be able to download knowledge into your brain. That's a scary concept in and of itself, which kind of touches back to the whole simulation thing. Y'all, this has been a great episode. I am out. <laughs> we could all become Johnny Mnemonic and learn. I don't learn. want to do these things. Why are you putting these in my head? You know how much of the stuff you say I have to tune out for my own sanity? A lot. Most people have turned this off by now. Because I don't get terrified by these concepts. I don't these... get terrified. I want you to stop talking crazy. <laughs> these concepts interest me. If you me. told her if these plans at work, they would absolutely oh, yeah, totally. institutionalize yeah, yeah. you. Yeah, I would, I, would be, uh, I would be locked up in a rubber room real quick. Wouldn't even be rubber. You'd still find a way to hurt yourself. Although, at that work, I do have a few like-minded individuals that I can talk about this stuff with, which is great. But we do so in very hushed tones. <laughs> Let the patients hear you. They'll automatically know they're completely sane. Do you know that there's a couple of, of, of people I've run into at work that have spouted off some stuff that sounds similar to the things that I've been in? I've been like, my first instinct is, oh, well, they're just suffering from mental illness. My first instinct is, holy shit, I might be right. <laughs> See, this is why I play video games. For those of you that don't know, and I'm not going to say where, but I work at a, uh, a, a place for people in crisis in mental illness and addiction. And I hear a lot of weird stuff at work. It's a hospital-style environment. Yes. And I hear a lot of weird stuff at work. And every so often, there's a patient that comes in that is talking about some of the stuff that I kind of believe. And then it's and, and I really do. I don't go, oh, wait, maybe I should rethink. And then maybe you I am the other guy that I, you were walking down the hallway and overheard him. Uh, that's just entertaining. but I'm sorry when he says someone needs to do something about the werewolf problem here in this city. It's like, what? And how do we know there isn't a werewolf problem? I still think that one patient that you heard was possessed. 
possibly. They got the ch- you got the chills. And you don't do that for horror movies no. or anything. You're like, demonic possession? Cool. That guy growled and you got chills everywhere. It wasn't a guy. What? What? Yeah. I thought it was a guy. No, it Cause was. Because you never told me. No, it wasn't a guy. So this woman made a growl that was that deep and demonic yep. that it stopped you in your tracks. Like I said, if the lights had flickered in that hallway, I'd have clocked out and gone home for the day. Um, but I have had conversations with my coworkers because I have one coworker I'm who... I'm sorry. I'm still really stumped by that. Like, <laughs> is, I always thought it was a guy. Is deeply faithful, believes in Jesus and, and all the teachings and stuff like that. And I had looked at her one day and I said, do you realize that if Jesus actually did come back, and like it wasn't the whole second coming type thing where the world's about to end. Well, what if Jesus just kind of decided, you know what? I'm going to go hang out what with the mortals God for a little bit. If Jesus came back, he'd wind up in a place like where I work. Because they think he was crazy. We have a ton of people that come in on a regular basis that, you know. Think they're God. Think they're God. Think they're a prophet. Think that they can talk to God. What was that show we watched on Netflix? The movie where. You're going to have to narrow it down. We watch a lot of Netflix. Not as much chilling, though, but a lot of Netflix. We're married. Netflix. Netflix! (laughs) Is Netflix now going to pay my bills when I get injured? <laughs> no. Um, the one where there was, like, different levels. Of? Um, they thought it was, it was like some type of testing facility, and they were put through simulations to make them... Oh, that horror sim- movie? Yes. Um, that was, uh, Death House? I think? Oh, no, but the <clears> ones <throat> at the very bottom were, there was three guys who all thought they were God. <laughs> Four. And they were. They were. But it was real weird. And that's what I think of now when I hear that. Yeah, uh, I believe it was called Death House. It was the, the horror movie that Kane Hodder and like a ton of horror movie icons I was were in. not into that in the beginning, like first hour. But let me tell you. Well, that's how a lot of those independent horror movies uh, go, though. I was like, not into it, but the more I watched it, the more I was like, oh my god, 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 oh my god. Yeah, with independent horror movies, you kind of have to just dig in and go for the ride. Because for the first... That's why I don't like Shudder. First half of the movie, you're like, this is kind of lame. And then about halfway, it, it, it everything starts to make sense. Everything starts to gel. Everything starts to coalesce. And you're like, holy shit! What if this is possible? I definitely believe there's places like that oh, to yeah. a degree. I don't think they can do some of the stuff. Anything's possible, just it, not oh, probable. God, this is why I don't want to listen to you. <laughs> we sound like we hate each other, but you just spout crazy ideas all the time. And I fully believe like when we retire... You're going to be that old guy on the porch just spouting crazy conspiracy theories. And all the adults are like, children, walk around the house. Walk around the sidewalk. It's okay. Ignore the crazy man. No, because I'm going to have Alzheimer's and dementia probably. I don't think that. That's just going to be like you thinking you've come up with these ideas for the first time. Yeah, more than likely. Or, oh my God, I've discovered time travel when we've had it for 30 years. and like. Hey, time travel, time and space travel does exist right now. Just take a nap on a road trip. You will travel through space and time. Or take a nap on the couch as a child. (laughs) Fall asleep on the couch as a child. You wake up in your bed the next morning. You're like, (sighs) I time traveled. (sighs) How did this happen? (laughs) 
and your dad's got a bad back from lifting your heavy ass to take you to bed. <laughs> Why does it sound like a family memory when you say it like that? <clears throat> it might be. <laughs> um, there's another thing, the ancestor simulation. So in 2003, uh, philosopher Nick Bostrom proposed a trilemma uh, that he called the simulation argument. Despite the name, Bostrom's simulation argument does not directly argue that we live in a simulation. Instead, Bostrom's uh, theory argues that one of three unlikely-seeming propositions is almost certainly true. Those are, number one, the fraction of human-level civilization that reached a post-human stage, that is, one capable of running high-fidelity ancestor simulations, is very close to zero. Or... Number two, the fraction of post-human civilizations that are interested in running simulations of their evolutionary history or variations thereof is very close to zero. Or, the third, the fraction of people with our kind of experiences that are living in a simulation is very close to one. That's going back to binary and things like that. Um, my... So... You're getting too technical for me. I believe in aliens. I believe, though, aliens. in some way that maybe we're, we are assimilation. Maybe we are a science experiment. Maybe we're just a giant fucking ant farm. With Do you remember we were watching And thanks that? to the gay population, we have thousands of queens. No. Um, <laughs> what? Get out. <laughs> no. I, do I remember what? Lost your train of thought, didn't you? Hate when that happens. It's gone. Moving on. So, I we... Oh! <laughs> and this is what I live with. <laughs> when we were watching that video about, like, the different weird fallout creatures. Mm -hmm. The abomination. Mm-hmm. The, the alien-human hybrid from Mothership Zeta. That's what I think we technically are. We're all an abomination, but maybe not all of us, but some of us. Like King Tut, um, with all the health problems and stuff that the the child king had, um, they they I'm postulate. Sorry, have you looked at my medical records? Yes, but they they, We're po good. they postulate that t King Tut and some of the other um, uh, royalty in e Egypt at the time um, were alien human hybrids. Let's be honest, what they actually were is inbred. Yeah. That's how they got actually so many health. King Tut coming to a southern state near you. Let's be honest. That's how most of the people in Egypt were staying in power. Like mm -hmm. the families were in power. Yeah. Well, it, here in America, we call them blue bloods. Mm -hmm. um, oh. Which also, um, they, they were high rate of oh. hemophiliacs because of the... Uh, Constant inbreeding. What what did I what did I trigger in your brain? One of Triple H's beginnings names. The blue blood? He was the blue blood. Well but yeah, but he's always kinda leaned on that high society. <laughs> he was one of them all along. It reminds me too of I was thrown out of Sunday school as a child. From asking Because um, they were talking about Adam and Eve and, and mankind and everything. And 
I raised my hand and I asked, and I wasn't trying to start shit, I wasn't being a smartass, but I asked if Adam and Eve were the two first humans, and we are all descendants of theirs, does that not make us inbred? Okay. I was reminded the other day by my mother a question I asked in Sunday school, mm-hmm. in which I've now seen resurfacing on the internet that I didn't know I asked. Did they have belly buttons? That's a good question. What were you told? Do you remember the answer you were given? I was so little. I didn't even remember. Mom had to tell me that I asked that. And they thought it was so funny because the Sunday school teachers were friends of mom's that she went to school with the husband of my Sunday school teacher. And Mrs. Morris didn't even know what to tell me. Hmm. She just kind of laughed. She didn't know either. She was just... She was a sweet old lady that just wanted to kind of teach from the Bible. She well, was a sweet little old lady. That's the thing, too, is like, you know, you, you believe in this mythology. You believe in this theology. Um, but there are holes in the story that nobody thinks of until some inquisitive child or someone who now, they... Now, Miss Morris did believe that some of them were stories told mm-hmm. from a certain point. She believed at a certain point in the Bible, everything was told... Both as a story, as a fable to a child to try to teach them, like we were at least created well, yeah, in an image yeah. of something perfect. That, that goes with my belief that the Bible is nothing more than Aesop's fables. It's a she bunch of stories though, with good moral, you know, stories. At a certain point, things were told like the, not outcomes, but moral objectives. She believed that some of the stuff, like in the history text of it, like the letters, um, all of the different psalms. She believed that the crucifixion of Jesus was real and the um, the talking, where it has everything in red that Jesus ever said. Like She believed those things were taken as seriously, but the stuff kind of like from the Old Testament, from a certain point in the Old Testament, was mostly told down to generations. So things were lost. She didn't think they were literal, but she did find it funny that I was asking weird questions. And see, I believe that that most of it is is bullshit. It's just a good story. Now, see, what the funny thing was, was she actually told my dad that. Because my dad took me to church. Mom never went to church. That doesn't shock me. Yeah, but dad always (laughs) took me to church. I asked to go because everybody else in my class went. And he was like, okay, I'll take you to church. And when I started, like... Getting into the Sunday school classes, they just kind of stopped letting me hang out in the Sunday school. So I had to sit on the church pews and take a nap on my dad's jacket. (laughs) Uh, And he would just kind of stand up and sing and then look down at me sleeping, like make sure I wasn't making any noise. But they told my dad, and dad came home and told mom while she was fixing lunch. And dad kind of went, you will never believe what your daughter did. And mom kind of (laughs) went, that ain't mine. Mm -hmm. Well, see, that was kind of like me, too, is like I got curious at one point about um, religion. I was still fairly young. Um, our next door neighbors at the time, they were, were good Christian people. They were honest to God, good Christian people. Not those idiots who claim to be Christian on Sunday and then fuck up the other six days of the week. They were just good, basic people. Yeah, they, they were good people, good moral people who happened to believe in Christianity. Um, and so I, how I wish more people phrased it. I got curious and I asked to go to church with them, you know, and my parents were like, well, why would you want to do that? I mean, 
And because, like, my stepdad was super, like, he claimed to be Christian or Baptist or one of the, or one Republican. of the, one of the flavors of Christianity. And my mother, on the other hand, she didn't really believe one way or another. She wasn't, you know, like it was a part of their household, the but it wasn't. Your mom and I got along to begin with. It wasn't like a big thing, and it, so in my house growing up, religion existed, but it wasn't like we went to church every Sunday or ever. It was just kind of in the background. Yeah. Um, it only Where really mine was in the forefront. For me, it only really ever came up when I said something that went against my stepfather's delicate sensibilities. You know, that gay people should have rights. You know, and that you know we should. God forbid. <laughs> we shouldn't discriminate. We shouldn't treat women like shit. You know, <laughs> silly little things like that. Um, that so, in our household are a prominent thing. Yeah. So I asked if I could go to church with them. Um, and they said it was okay as long as it was okay with my parents. So I asked my parents, and of course they were like, well, I mean, if you want to go waste your time, by all means. <laughs> <laughs> like, which is kind of a shitty response, but whatever. Um, if it's so, anything in the way of education, of learning something new, it is never a waste of time. Yeah, so I, I went. And, you know, I started listening and, and, you know, participating in Sunday school and until I asked that question, and then I was asked never to come back. Which I think is a really wrong way to approach it. If you have a child that is inquisitive and that has a question that is hard to answer, you shouldn't shun them. You I should come believe, up with an answer. I do believe that they thought you were actually just being a shit. And I wasn't. You know, I, that was the thing. Um, you know, and if you can't come up with an answer, then admit that you don't know and that that's okay. You know, there are some questions that literally just can't be answered, especially when you're talking about something like alternate universes, theology, things like that. Things that are are larger concepts than than what our feeble little human minds can comprehend. Um, But instead, I was shunned and that kind of, you know, turned me off on religion altogether. But what I did after that is I started studying all of the religions. Mm-hmm. You know, I I learned as much as I could about Christianity. I learned as much as I could about Buddhism. You know, I learned as much as I could about the Hindu. Wiccan and the pagan beliefs and yep. the Hindu beliefs. And, you know, I learned as much as I could about each one of the religions I could get my hands Any on texts them. from. Native uh, American. And especially. the one thing that rings true and sticks with me that I, I, I realized when I was young is that when it comes to religion... It's all the same. <laughs> they spend so much time arguing over the minor differences that they don't pay attention to the massive similarities. You know how many people would be surprised if they actually went and the, read the actual Quran? A lot. They would be stuck in their seats. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you that might be listening who have never seen it before, which... At this point, if you're interested in what we're doing and you've never seen this, I don't know how that's possible. But hey, you know, anything's possible, just not probable. Um, Go watch Zeitgeist on YouTube. Um, The first part of Zeitgeist is all about religion. And it points out the exact thing that I just said is that they're all the same. They're just branches. It's like if you told seven people the basic story 
of how the cat and the dog got along. Mm-hmm. And then you told them to each go and start a tribe and oh. then tell them. You mean like a game of telephone? Yeah. It's all, that's what I believe it genuinely is. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry, this day and age, like a game of cell phone. They'd still screw it up because autocorrect would get in because all they do is text. It's ducking book. Never in my life have I meant ducking. Thank you, iPhone. Do you know how many things you have fucked up for me? No, how many they ducked have ducked up. up. I'm done. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that'll do it for this episode. Uh, we will be back uh, in two weeks with part two. For where... us, it'll be in ten ducking minutes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're doing a mass record right now, so all <laughs> of these will be done. Here for six hours. All of these will be done in one shot, um, but for you, it'll be two weeks from when this one is posted, um, where we'll be diving into the Mandela Effect Part Two, and that's where we'll start talking more about some of the specific you know, instances where people have noticed changes and whatnot. Um, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, thank have a you great for, ducking week. Yeah, thank you for sitting through uh, the nonsense and, Can we title and the information. This duck me? No. Oh, no. no. Please. No. <laughs> ducking time travel. As always, uh, we appreciate. He tries to ignore me. <laughs> as always, we appreciate your support. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Please go to our Facebook page, uh, you know, and leave a, a message for us. Let us know what you think of the show. Let us know if anything that we said struck home with you. Message us. Yeah, if you message like. us. Um, we're, we're willing to have conversations. We like conversations with people. Understand that uh, comments and feedback about previous episodes is going to be a bit that we're going to do uh, regularly. So we're going to have do, to in this series, especially. Yeah, if you're going to give us feedback and whatnot. You know, just let us know whether or not you're okay with us saying your name and sharing what your feedback was. Um, good or bad, I'm going to probably try to lean more towards the good because, you know, who really wants to hear me sit there and talk for 15 minutes about, your show is shit! Trolls are going to troll. What are you going to do? Okay. Anyways, thank you for joining us. And remember, adjust your ears.